So as we know, markets responded rather quickly to the FOMC last week, which heightened expectations of Fed rate cuts next year. Perhaps the response was too much because the New York Fed's John Williams was sent out on Friday to try and calm the waters, saying it was way too soon to be looking at that sort of thing. Uh, PMI data came in softer than expected in Europe, and the People's Bank of China injects 800 billion yuan into the economy, the most since records began in 2014. Will that get their economy kicking? It is Monday the 18th of December 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar was up 0.6% on Friday, bouncing back on the big falls that it felt last week. Before that, it was down almost 2% over the week. The Aussie was flat against the US dollar on Friday, just short of 67 US cents. The euro saw a 0.9% fall after a big climb earlier in the week. US stocks continued to push higher, well, except for the S&P, which finished marginally in the red on Friday. But a third of 1% rise in the Nasdaq and almost 0.2% up for the Dow. The FTSE 100 fell almost 1% percent on Friday, but the Eurostoxx 50 managed a quarter percent climb. And US bond yields didn't move a lot on Friday. Ten years were at 3.91%. That is down 32 basis points in a week. On Friday, German 10-year bonds fell nine basis points, 26 over the week. Uh, in a week, we also saw uh, 35 basis points down for UK 10-year gilts. And small moves back in oil, WTI down 0.2%. Brent's fall, well, you'll have to move to a second decimal place place. It was that small, but finishing the week at 75.55, which is about a dollar higher than a week before. So NAB's Tapa Strickland joins me in Sydney, starting off our last week of morning calls for 2023. And I'm just wondering about some of the rhetoric we've been hearing, particularly from the likes of John Williams from the New York Fed. Seems like he's been doing his best to stop the expectation of rate cuts early next year. He was interviewed on CNBC on Friday saying, we are not really talking about rate cuts now. Uh, he said it would be premature even to be thinking about that. And that is despite the fact we saw uh, the dots plot saying, you know, there's going to be three cuts next year. Good morning, Phil, and Merry Merry Christmas. Um, it was really interesting in terms of Fed speak, and there were actually three Fed speakers, and all speaking in the same kind of vein, not really wanting to declare victory over inflation yet, uh, really just wanting to acknowledge the progress that have been made. Uh, and in that vein, I don't think um, New York Fed President Williams' comments were all that different to Chair Powell's comments on Wednesday. So Williams did say, we aren't really talking about rate cuts right now. Um, and they're really trying to assess whether the stance of monetary policy is tight enough. But he also said, if we get the progress I'm hoping to see, mm. of course, it would be kind of natural to move monetary policy over a period of years back to more normal levels. Of course, we need to move policy back to more normal levels over a period of time. So I think it's just more the fact that they didn't want to talk about rate cuts too much at, at, at that meeting. And that was very similar to, to Powell in saying, yes, there were dot plots. They had a preliminary discussion of that. But um, the general expectation is that that would be a topic for discussion looking ahead, not right. right now. That that wasn't that wasn't how the markets took that meeting, though, was it? I, it, it wasn't, but markets are always forward-looking and always trying to price that uncertain future. And if you look at the progress of inflation to date, it does suggest uh, rate cuts should be on the agenda in 2024. And we're talking on the morning call recently about a recent thematic that, that we did, looking at Taylor rules and the progress on inflation to date. And that progress it was fully consistent with about 75 to 125 basis points worth of rate cuts from the Fed in 2024. So that's broadly similar to 
to that point. And actually, we do get the USPC deflators at the end of this week. And just interesting, although the consensus there for core PCE is for 0.2% month on month, there is a very big chunk at 0.1% month on month. And why that's important is if it does print at 0.1% month to month, the six-month annualize actually falls to 2.1%. And if you recall, the Fed targets inflation at 2%. So uh, we are getting very, very close uh, in getting inflation mm. back back to target there. And of course, we don't actually know what will happen to inflation thereafter. It could be that there was some low-hanging fruit that drove inflation down. And so they that starts to either way and maybe you don't get as much progress on, on on inflation thereafter and i guess that's where the u.s federal reserve is just very cautious about but what i found most interesting about all the remarks on friday was actually from the white house's brainard and if you recall she was a former u.s fed vice chair and she's currently uh, chair of the national economic council and she and she was just noting that the width of the runway for a soft landing has gotten much bigger and that for her at least the inflation story is an incredible story about the supply side which was fundamentally broken and has since returned to normalized levels and the fed has been all talking about how the push back to two percent at the end would be the hardest bit of it she said she understood that maybe a year ago when there was a lot of murkiness in the data and the inflation trajectory but she doesn't get that argument today so i think that's just a really interesting set of remarks there right so things like that and then you know the fact that the dots plot uh, is you know pricing uh, indicating three cuts next year and then what john williams and others have been saying i mean it seems like they're there even if they're not backtracking it sounds like they are trying to address the markets as if to say you've gone too far i mean is that you know are they just trying to adjust their messaging is that what they're doing oh i don't think so i think they just don't want to declare victory too too early they want to make the market uh, aware of that if, if inflation does go along with with what some people are projecting at the fmc then that's fully consistent with um, 75 basis points worth of rate cuts but they don't have a high degree of confidence in that trajectory for inflation after having been head faked quite a number of times over the past couple of years so and i think that's why market reaction wasn't all that um, strong to their commentary so when you look at fed funds futures they're pricing in 141 basis points worth of rate cuts in 2024 and a rate cut in march is priced at about a 77 percent chance on thursday it was at 89 percent chance for a march hike and 149 basis points worth of cuts priced for 2024 so it hasn't actually moved by all that much despite um, some people interpreting williams comments as walking back some of that rate cut talk and you look at u.s 10-year yields they're actually a little changed on net at 3.9 percent yeah yeah, exactly. Not a lot of movement on Friday, was there? So uh, the New York State uh, Empire State Manufacturing Index on on Friday, big fall in the December reading. Now, when you look at the graph for this, though, over the last few years, I mean, it is all over the place. It's, it's a seesaw. Uh, but from 9.1 in November to minus 14.5 in December. So it is a seesaw, but that is a pretty big dip down. Uh, it is a pretty big dip, dip down. It's pretty hard to season adjust figures at this, this time of year. So you probably want to wait until we get some more data out there. And actually, when you looked at the U.S., PMIs, which came out, not many people do actually look at the, the, the PMIs because the ISMs are, are the preferred in, uh, reading of activity in, in the US. You, you, the manufacturing side of the economy still remains relatively soft, but doesn't look like it's falling away any further. And if anything, the services sector just looks even more even more resilient. Not the case in Europe, though, is it? So those PMIs on Friday 
So German services, for example, down from 49.6 to 48.2. For the euro area, services is down to 48.1. Manufacturing stuck at 44.2. So they're both well into contraction territory. So yet more soft European data. Definitely. And actually, when you do the mappings from the PMIs to to GDP, it suggests uh, the European economy is contracting by about 0.2 to 0.3% a quarter. And uh, the Q3 GDP, I think, in Europe was down by 0.1%. So it would be a technical recession in the European economies if you did get that realised. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw 10-year bond yields uh, fall by 11 basis points to about 2.02%. Even though uh, ECB officials have been relatively hawkish, I don't think anyone's really believing them, just given the soft state of the economy. And if that inflation progress continues, then uh, you're definitely talking about a different state of the world in Europe, at least. Yeah. And then the wages data still pushing up, though. That's that's the curious thing. Yes. And I think part of that is uh, catch up for all the high inflation that we did see um, over the past two years. And I remember we were discussing a biz paper um, a couple months ago, just saying, uh, employees will be looking to recoup uh, their real wage losses uh, and to get inflation back to target um, it's really going to have to take margin compression um, in, in order for that to occur and I think that's just a really interesting story and you are starting to see that a little bit in the US particularly in the PPI that came out um, last week that uh, maybe margins are becoming a little bit compressed and we did hear that story also from Walmart uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about some uh, outright deflation in some of the consumer goods goods categories. Yeah, well, that sort of st- makes a great deal of sense, doesn't it? Because if you want to get your wages back to where they were uh, before all of this started, then you've really got to wait until the inflation rate's coming down so you know what you're what you're asking for. You don't want to ask for it and then see that wages, you know, the inflation continues to rise and you've pitched too early, I guess. So, I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? But German manufacturing, uh, I mean, that was only a little up on last time, 42.6 to 43.1. So how dependent is that on on China? I'm asking that really as a bit, a bit of a pathetic segue, Tapas, to bring us on to <laughs> the latest data from China, uh, which is still pretty weak, isn't it? Retail sales are up 10.1% year on year, but uh, you know that's not hard given the where they were uh, a year ago, and the expectations were it was going to be 12 or 13%. Uh, so presumably, numbers like this is why the PBOC is uh, pumping a load of cash into the economy. So explain how that's working, and 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 is it going to work for them? Oh, those set of figures were relatively soft, but what I thought was interesting was what came from industrial production. So that actually accelerated to 6.6% year on year uh, from 4.6%, and that actually beat the consensus forecast of. 5.7. So it does suggest uh, one of the strategies, at least, that the Chinese authorities are trying to do is really boost up their export sector. And that's adding to some of that goods disinflationary force that, that we are seeing globally. So I think that's one interesting aspect of it. But uh, uh, overwhelmingly, it's the headwinds in the property sector. Um, it's, it's very hard to get confidence in the overall economy, uh, especially on the consumer side, if you've got outright declines in house prices and you've got the uncertainty around uh, property development so further things need yeah. to occur in that space and i guess from the recent work program uh from last week it did suggest that chinese authorities are more looking into that space and perhaps in 2024 we should expect a bit more stimulus on 
that front end a bit more recovery. So actually, when you looked at the market reaction, particularly in terms of equities, uh, in regards to that Chinese data, which was on the softer side, um, actually equities actually were boosted on the back of that data, just giving uh, more hopes towards greater stimulus in, in 2024. So what is it the PBOC are doing there? Are they just trying to make it easier for, for banks to give loans? Because this isn't a fiscal support, is it? It's, going, it's coming from the central bank. Yes, yes. And uh, I guess that's one of those things is if the conditions aren't there in order to get um, loan growth, then uh, it's uncertain exactly whether that stimulus will have too much yeah. of an effect. Uh, in, I guess the... The biggest one is uh, what occurred, I think, uh, last week or a week and a half ago was getting state banks to uh, lend to the property development sector. Um, so that should shore up some of the liquidity and some of the constraints in, in, in that sector. So I think that will be quite an important development. But overwhelmingly, what the Chinese economy actually needs is a bit of fiscal mm. stimulus. Yeah, and we're still waiting for that, aren't we? So just going back to Europe, because uh, the UK geographically still part of Europe, if you look on a map, uh, their PMIs, their services PMI, from 50.9 to 52.7, which is quite a bit more than expected, although manufacturing has fallen away a little bit more. But, you know, I mean, obviously, services is obviously the the bulk of the economy so resilience in the uk again definitely and uh we also get uh, uk inflation data this week as well so if you have yeah. resilience in activity and inflation still remains a little bit sticky then i think uh the bank of england uh, lags any cutting cycle and uh the prospect of a further hike must must be still there um especially if you got three of the mpc still voting towards hikes mm. yeah yeah, interesting, isn't it? So, well, the RBA is not alone then, perhaps. Relatively quiet today. Uh, I think we might be saying that all week, although actually, no, we've got quite a bit coming up this week, haven't we? So we've got New Zealand Consumer Confidence for Q4 today. We've got their Performance Services Index. We've got the German IFO numbers. Tomorrow, of course, the Bank of Japan. And then, as you mentioned, you know, we get uh, the core PCE for the uh, for the US. And we also get CPI, as you've said, for the UK and Japan and Canada. Domestically, not a great deal. We do get the RBA minutes. Uh, I think that's all we've got, isn't it, uh, for Australia? But there's a bit to keep our interest in this last week before Christmas. I, I think so. And the RBA December minutes is going to be quite interesting, especially for markets which took a fairly dovish view of those Minutes And if you recall the post-meeting statement there, I think it had uh, 23% of all, all the texts. And yes, as economists, we do do word counts on this kind of stuff. Uh, but it had 23% of the text discussing the prior meeting decision. So that didn't actually read as if the board actually earnestly discussed an option to hike in December. So if the minutes actually do suggest the board did earnestly discuss an option to hike, then that would come across as more hawkish than expected and keep that February RBA meeting live, even though markets aren't pricing much in the way of a probability of uh, of a February hike there. Um, and then in terms of the offshore data pieces, the Bank of Japan, I don't think anything is expected out of there, just given those uh, source reports um, earlier last week. Uh, and as for the US PCE, uh, just as we noted before, um, the consensus is for 0.2. But if it prints at 0.1, as a fair chunk of the consensus expects, then that would drop the six-month annualized to 2.1% year on year. Mm. Oh, sorry, to 2.1%. And that would be very, very close to, to 2% yeah. inflation target. And then it doesn't matter what uh, the Fed speakers say. Everyone's going to be there. Uh, expecting those cuts next year and more of them perhaps uh, good to talk Tapas have yourself a great Christmas and we'll uh, we'll talk to you in the new year cheers and Merry Christmas to you too and we are here till Friday Friday morning then Friday afternoon our weekend edition is going to be Sally All looking back over the last year which has been I have to admit a year full of surprises and what do we have in store for us next year more surprises including that question what could possibly go wrong uh, that's Friday but we are back tomorrow morning with another edition of the morning call I'm Phil Dobby for NAB thanks for listening 